summer holidays are finally here and believe it or not, this is where a lot of the foundations are laid for the property market in the new year. How can you make the most of this quiet time so you're best prepared for what lays ahead? Welcome to Your First Home Buyer Guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mums. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step. Now, we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll find free checklists that you can download, a free mini course on how to price a property and our where to buy workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff, really. Bargain. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now, we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information. Today, we're talking about how to take advantage of the quiet time across December and January. Assuming you are having a quiet time and not just partying like mad, this is an amazing time for gaining clarity and getting yourself ready for action in the coming year. But before we get into that, Megan's got another special house behind her. It looks like what the hell. (laughs) It's a building. Actually, it was a theatre or intended to be a theatre in China. And for those who are watching, you can see there's a glass guitar at the front. Oh, it's awful. And then a grand piano. So this is actually abandoned. It's one of the many, many, many buildings in China that has been abandoned. A lot of money would have been put into creating this. (laughs) But look at that. Do you know why it's been abandoned? Well, I just think that no one goes there anymore. They don't put shows on. I don't know why it's been abandoned. But have oh, you seen? <laughs> this possibly because aside. they're still in lockdown. <laughs> maybe. It's... Well, yeah, maybe. But uh, there is also a lot of infrastructure that was built over the last uh, you know, five to ten years that is now being bulldozed and knocked over. So whole cities that were built that are just not being occupied now. So wow. it's it's quite quite a change that's happening in China in terms of their um, their accommodations over there. So anyway, interesting mm. building. I quite like Very it. Very interesting. Yeah. I don't know about you, Veronica, but it's been a busy year and I am so ready for a break. I'm ready to wind down, spend some time with family and escape to the beach. It's my happy place. And I'm pretty sure there are a lot of other buyers who are very tired after what has been like a roller coaster couple of years. Oh, but you know what? At this time of year, we all get tired anyway, but you're absolutely right. I think the things have been particularly tough, yeah. um, you know, for lots and lots and lots of reasons. The property market last year, the end of 2021, was exhausting. Oh, wasn't um, it? It was, you know, it was on steroids. This Fast year, forward. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Who, who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk that it'd be so different just a year later? But at the same time, it's almost like a mentally exhausting when mm. you've got all this sort of conflicting information out there and a lot of negative information as well, and you're trying to process all of that. But, hey, we also know that regardless of, of how exhausted you are at the end of the year, that from an hour over 20 years each experience in property, that the quiet time this period between Christmas and New Year and through January, through to the through last January, couple of weeks of January. Exactly right, is when sellers have the opportunity to take a breather, really think about why they might want to sell, what they want to do in the coming year. Um, it's also divorce lawyers say divorce season. Did you know mm-hmm. that? So that's one of the mm-hmm. reasons people choose to sell, sadly, but true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, people do have time to sort of re, I guess, rethink. Where do I want to be in a year's time? Here I am now. Do, do I want to continue the same way I'm doing life or do I want to do life differently? What's important to me? What's important to my family? You know, what do we want to do differently in this coming year? And there's a lot some of backwards people... reflection too during that period. So a lot of people say, mm. oh, gee, remember, remember Christmas last year we talked about selling the home and buying something closer to the beach? Oh, we didn't actually do that. Should we? Should we actually do something about that next year? So so that bit of looking backwards and, and why is this important? Because as a buyer, you need sellers. So Oh yeah. So we're talking here about the other side of the equation, which is the supply side of things. Now hundred percent. Yeah. And and when sellers are thinking about selling, then suddenly there becomes an opportunity. You know, there's a bit of a knock, a bit of a knock, the sound of opportunity knocking. And if you are <laughs> lucky, it might mean a new home for you. Now, Veronica, luck does not show up on its own. Luck is when preparedness meets opportunity and you act on it. And so here are our tips on how you can take advantage of the traditional quiet time in the property market and perhaps get lucky. <laughs> so, you know, I've been a sales agent, so have you. I've been a buyer's agent, so have you. And we know that January can be a very, very busy time for appraisals. Mm. And so sales agents who are around for January can be very busy. And, you know, there's quite a lot of them that aren't around. A lot of people take a holiday at this time. In fact, the yep. entire industry, unless you're in a holiday zone, uh, really shuts between, say, There's no auctions, is there? Eve, there's nothing. <laughs> the solicitors close, agencies close, auctions are done and dusted, and there's there's a period of time between Christmas Eve and the first Monday after New Year's Day. Agencies the twilight shut. zone. Nobody knows what day it is in that time, it's let alone. wonderful. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. <laughs> spend the whole time going, what day is it? Oh. When- it's well, it's so good because, you know, in terms of having a holiday when you're in the industry, it's very rare that nothing's happening. You know what I mean? It's the yeah. only time where really nothing happens. But but then you've got this pent-up demand. It comes out like, you know, the, like um, greyhounds running out of the, the boxes at the races. You know? <laughs> like, like January. Yeah. Go, All right, we get the kids back to school and now let's go and find a house. So, you know, every year we are definitely seeing more and more agents go on leave between Christmas and late January. It's sort of like an, an unofficial lull in the market. But I guarantee you that newer agents, the hungry, enthusiastic agents are 
absolutely still working. They are looking to make a deal while their competitors are sunning themselves on Hamilton Island. And this is your opportunity as a buyer to get some one-on-one attention. You know how hard it's been to get agents to ring you back all year, you know, for two years even. And, and here is an opportunity to get a really hungry agent actually doing some work for you. Now, remember, the agent doesn't work for you, but what you want them to do is shake some trees and find some opportunities for you. Now, they've been hungry for listings. One of the things about a buyer's market is that agents, um, you know, their revenue starts drying up because less people want to put their property on the market. Mm. So, you know, they're they're pretty hungry. Some of them haven't earned much money, uh, you know, certainly not compared to 2021, but some haven't earned much at all mm. uh, in 2022. So those ones that can't afford to go on holiday perhaps or that they're a bit more motivated to stay around and try to to be there be on the front foot when others are taking the time out you know absolutely they're going to be leaning heavily on those vendors to take um offers Mm. as well let me tell you so when we say that the agent doesn't work for you the buyer they work for the vendor in reality they're still just working for themselves because (laughs) if those vendors Yep. <laughs> Those vendors don't sell, they get no money. So there's a high motivation for them to work with you, particularly at this time. Um, because also, whilst a lot of buyers do come out of the boxes saying, right, I want to make, you know, 2023 my year, um, they may not actually get active until they till the holidays are over. Mm. And so February mm. can be really busy for everyone. Absolutely. But if you're around in January, who knows what you might be able to pick up. Yeah. Now, to be ready to take advantage of this magical time in the property market, you have to be ready. And I mean really, Mm. really prepared, ready. Support team in place, dream home, wish list sorted, and all your steps ticked off. Finance are organised. We'll get to that. If you (laughs) do not know what we are talking about, do the bloody course. Then you will be ready to take advantage of this small window of opportunity the quiet time. Now, let's look at the quiet time checklist for Hang a minute. Talking about doing the course. So this episode, we're recording it in advance, but it will come live on the 28th of December. On Until the 31st of December, we've got 25, oppo- sorry, 50 opportunities for people to sign up for the course for a 50% discount. So you've got three days left. If, if you haven't those 50 already done that, places haven't already been taken. If the fifty places haven't already been taken, so hopefully, if you were really first came off the rank, you would have done that last week. But there could be a small window of opportunity there for you to take advantage of that. Post Christmas sale three days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Go for it. All right. Let's look at the quiet time checklist. Now, of course, everything that we do in the course is a methodical, step by step process that makes sure that everything is done in the right order at the right time. So let's have a look at that because if you're prepared during this quiet time, you may be the one who can seize the opportunity when it presents itself. First thing, support crew. Now, Mm. you need to find out who is going to be available during this period, what the timeframes are for offers and settlement because these things are going to be affected by this period of time. Most solicitors and banks are either closed or on skeleton staffing levels. So processing times are going to be a lot longer. 100%. And, you know, knowing that in advance, sometimes, for instance, cooling off periods can be longer cooling off periods can be negotiated in in this time. Mm. to allow for that. So there's lots of ways that you can you can take advantage of it by understanding and having checked in with your support crew, actually A, knowing who they are, but B, 
checking in with them so that you are covered off in this. It's a really good point. And there's lots of um, public holidays in this period. So when you're calculating dates, you want to be making sure. So if you're making an offer that's conditional on a certain um, number of days, you have to make sure that you're talking about business days Mm. not actual days, because you'll yep. lose in some some of these weeks, you, you may actually lose three or four business days out of a two-week period. So really, really important to switch that part on in your brain and don't just, you know, say, oh, 14 days for finance should be fine. It's not going to be okay over Christmas. Well, that's exactly right, because you, you've got to make sure that valuations can be done. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be the sticking point. And if you haven't allowed enough time for that, then whoops. Let's look at that money side, Veronica. Go for it. So Before your broker goes away, have a check in with them. <laughs> yeah, they're going on holiday because they've had a couple of good years too. <laughs> yeah, make sure you know your borrowing capacity and, and a current, you know, taking yeah. interest rate rises into consideration because obviously this is one of the, the traps and I'm, you're, I'm probably telling you something you already know, but prices have not fallen mm. at the same rate that you, your borrowing capacity has fallen. So you, it's really important to be up to date with where you are on that financial, you know, the borrowing capacity. Yeah, and the traditional thought of um, if I got pre-approval, I've got three months of valid pre-approval mm. just doesn't work like that anymore because interest rates have risen, risen so much that it can actually affect how much the bank will lend you because your capacity to pay that much is less in their eyes. Yeah. And obviously talking to your lawyer about, you know, the conditions uh, that go with your offer. Now, we always recommend you talk to your lawyer about before you make an offer, right? So you can get those conditions watertight. But you got to make sure that they allow for it delays that are going to be mm. uh, brought into the whole process because of the time of year. And, you know, will your solicitor or conveyance be available over the quiet time if you need to talk to them? Um, and the bank, you know, understanding with your broker, you know, how a how processing time is going to be blown out or impacted at least. Yep. Yeah, are they going to be? Maybe they're not. But ask the question. Yeah, great. All right. So step three in your checklist is around your plan. So, so those of us, uh, those of you who are familiar with our steps, our ten steps, we're following them here. So, mm. you know, methodical, <laughs> thought out checklist for being ready for the quiet time. So, your dream house wish list and the priorities that are important to you in the current market. So things change. And sometimes you start out going, oh, here's my my list of 47 things that I I absolutely have to have in a house. And I'll guarantee you after a period of time, you'll come down to about three or four non-negotiables and some would like to haves and some, gee, it would be lovely if I could. (laughs) That, That list of 47, it gets whittled down. Now's a really good time to have a look at that, particularly if you have been active as a buyer and you've started to learn what you do and don't need, what is important and what is just nice to have. This is a great time, particularly if you're buying as a couple or in in some sort of partnership, to actually sit down and say, well, we've learned a lot through this process so far or about to embark on a really big process. What what is important and what isn't important and how do we prioritise that? And we talk about the three Ps, Veronica, the position, the price, the property. What are the compromises? If we can't change our budget, do we change the area? If we are wedded on the area, then what do we change about the property? You know, the where to buy tutorial, which is $39. That's if you Christmas haven't already present. done that, you should be doing it. And if you haven't, if you have done it, it's a good to revisit it yeah. because if your budget has changed, 
or if the um, prices have changed, the outcome of what your possibilities are can change. So just refresh that. Do it again. Always make sure that when you're at planning phase, that when you hit the market looking for a property, that you do have a real reality check. You do have a really good understanding as to what your money buys you and where. And that is an amazing foundation for this part of the process. Great time to, you know, just do what one evening over a couple of glasses of, you know, Eggnog. cold, a coldies. <laughs> All right. Step four, of course, is the search. And this is where your opportunity lies. If you've done all of the steps prior to this and got yourself ready, then this is the time. You find those agents. Who is going to be working? Ask them, you know, in the lead up. Are you working? You know, would you be interested in targeting some properties for me? Get them looking for you. Be available, even if it's not the one. Give them addresses to target. You know, they, they, they want to get a deal together. Trust me, an agent is going to want to get a deal together over this period because there aren't as many agents around to compete with them for the listings. So lots of off-market stuff happens during this period. What is so important here, though, is that you need to be a real buyer. Because you're going to be asking these people to be doing extra work, right? They need to be confident that you are not a tire kicker. You're not using them to educate you. You've educated yourself. You're ready. You know, you are a buyer when you find the right property. And so when the agent knows that you're serious and that they can take you seriously, that's when they're going to work harder for you. Yeah, yeah. And it gives them an inroad to talk to sellers to say, look, I know you've been thinking about this. I, I have a genuine buyer here. They're active. They're, they are committed to, to doing something over this period. Can I bring them in? And then they get to sign up the the listing, take you in. Just keep in mind they are not representing you. They're representing the seller and, in most cases, themselves. Um, but, you know, if you haven't got a buyer's agent, having yourself prepared and, and in a position where you can move forward, this is a great time for you. Yeah. And, you know, step five is revise and correct. So even though I've just said you've got to be ready to buy, ready to pounce when you find the right one, recognize that it has to be the right one. Don't let the agent sort of then then start pressuring you because they've done all this work for you. You've got to be self-aware during the excitement and also make sure that you're not going off track. Right, so they're making crazy offers that aren't well thought out, and we'll go we'll go into the evaluation shortly because there are there is there are some impacts during this period on your ability to evaluate a property. Hundred percent. And then our step six method of sale. Right, there's going to be a big increase in auctions. Sort of, they have Super Saturday in the yeah. last sort of week of December when that's the they can run a full campaign, and then in auction areas, there's basically six to eight weeks period where there's nothing yep no auctions they're all pre-auctions or they're off at a price or by negotiation or whatever so that actually means that what you're going to be doing is making offers in january rather than preparing to bid at auction so it's a totally different um process and you need to brush up on all of that means yeah yeah because private treaty negotiations are really different to auctions um and how you prepare for those and what order you do do those those sorts of things in 
obviously varies in every state as well. So how you prepare for a private treaty negotiation in New South Wales mm. is really different to um, say in Queensland where you can make conditional but binding offers. So brush up on what that means so that you are ready to have those conversations with the agent should you get lucky and find that dream home during the quiet period. Uh, now, going to step seven, which is evaluate, I mentioned it earlier, most councils will be on skeleton staff. You need to be aware of this in your due diligence phase. If you need searches done, and you should, you should have mm. searches done, you need to be aware that probably their time frame for returning those searches is going to blow out. It just is. You can't change it. You can't, you can't appeal to somebody to do something when there's no one there to do it. Uh, so you <laughs> need to be aware, and if making a conditional offer, make sure that you have enough time during that conditional period and the right conditions, and this will come down to pre-discussions with your solicitor about conditions yeah. to put on contracts. Um, and strata searches, of course, Veronica, too. Oh, Yeah. You know, they're unlikely, I mean, a lot of striver offices will close or they'll be on skeleton staff, mm. staff between Christmas and, Jan you know, Christmas and New Year's at least and yeah. then and then it reduce staff through January. And then you've got to find someone who's going to do the inspection of the records and write the report but also someone who can allow them access. Yeah. Um, there is a little bit of a hack. So so I think what Megan's saying there is so important is it, making sure that you work with your lawyer or your conveyancer to get those clauses into the contract allow you enough time that if you find something that you're not happy with that you can back out. That's, that's yeah. the important thing. It's not just saying, oh, I want to have it done before I make it unconditional. It's actually that you can, the clause needs to be appropriate so you can get out of the contract if you find something. So Adverse that's why warning. it's so yeah. important not to write your own conditions like you can in Queensland. Do not do that. But now, you can you can <clears throat> get an, a solicitor to write general conditions for you that you can have inserted into the contract. Absolutely, yes. yes. Rather so than you writing that your own. Yeah, getting that We've information done. up front is, is um, really valuable. Gold. You can have it in your back pocket. Totally gold. But people, you know, we've done, um, you know, case study episodes on stories that have hit the media of people doing the most stupid things by writing in their own contract clauses <laughs> in Queensland and then absolutely shooting themselves in the foot, cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars. So yeah, it's Or letting the agent write it for them. Oh, what could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a, I've got There's a little There's an episode hack. in that. <laughs> there is, isn't there? Um, I've got a little hack for you um, if you are looking at a strata property, so that's an apartment or a villa unit or a townhouse, um, and some... Look, we've got episodes on what to look for in strata reports as well. And let me just caveat what I'm about to say by saying that not all strata reports are good, not are all yeah. are comprehensive, right? You need to learn what goes into a report and what you need to be looking for. And as I said, we do have episodes on that, so go through our archives. Now, some report companies do offer recent reports for other apartments in the same buildings for a reduced fee. So if you can go hunting, sometimes you can actually get access to minutes, financial records, mm. um, you know, capital works fund, the budgets and balances, um, building works. There's often you can, or maybe say not, maybe not often, but enough times, like, you know, maybe 50% of the time, you might be able to get a lot of information about that building because the report's been prepared for another apartment. Now, just realise that that's not for the apartment mm. that you're looking at, but a lot of this, the, most of the information in there is about the whole complex, not about the specific apartment anyway. 
and just making sure it's it's current as current as possible and you can request copies of any minutes of any meetings that have happened since that report was done you can ask the agent mm. to ask the vendor because the vendors owners have all been uh, given copies of minutes of meetings so there are ways that you can sort of a little life hack there if you've got reduced staff and reduced access to the strata records possibly there's ways to backdoor some information just be mindful of the gaps yeah and if the vendor is not forthcoming with that information because they will have it if they're not forthcoming there might be alarm bells you know mm. it might be a bit of a warning that there is something in those minutes that they don't want buyers to know about yeah all there's, right there's it's what is really important and what you will learn in the course is what you can discover and how to go about getting that. And if you don't know what you can't discover, you don't know what you should discover, then you are at great risk of missing out on something, particularly in this slow period of time when it's going to be harder to get access to information. So, so true. Step eight, of course, is the contract. Now, this is very different in every state, but say in Queensland, most most real estate transactions for residential property is done are done on an REIQ prepared contract approved by the Queensland Law Society, very standard form, and then you insert special conditions that are specific to you. So these are the sorts of things you can get your hands on in advance. You can read through them. You can ask questions of people who have knowledge in this area. You could perhaps do a pre-purchase consultation with a solicitor or conveyancer so that they can alert you to some of the major things in the contract that you need to be aware of. Some of those idiosyncrasies like as the buyer, you have to insure the property by 5pm the first business day after the contract forms, not settlement contract formation that's so, in queensland that's and in, in new south wales it's totally different yeah and victoria's different again <laughs> yeah uh, exactly right tasmania totally different mm -hmm. ball game so so these sorts of things if you can get a hold of some contracts and and read through them and start to understand the basic format and you know what what will be your obligations if you do enter into a contract but also having a discussion with your solicitor conveyancer before they go on holidays and getting some specific clauses worded up for a couple of different scenarios um, then you can have those ready to insert if you need to depending on the property so for example if you know you're buying a strata property you'll need a specific well-worded clause that allows for you to do that strata search, receive the information back, and then choose to go ahead or terminate the contract. Now, that's a condition that can be, you know, pre-written by a solicitor. It doesn't have to be have to be customised for each different property. It's it's a general condition, but you want it from the solicitor, not from the agent. Absolutely. Now, step nine is negotiating the fun stuff. Oh, you and I uh, enjoy we... it. Not not everyone's cup of tea. You may not like negotiating that. That oh, that and negotiation is not take it or leave it. <laughs> no, <laughs> you do need heard to. That. <laughs> we do. It, yes, a buyer's market does not mean that you can lord it over people. It means you've got to negotiate, right? It means mm -hmm. you might have more wiggle room, um, and you might be able to sort of get better clauses in in the contract agreed to. But it doesn't mean that you're going to get a huge bargain. Not if it's a good property, because someone else will pay market value for it so really it this is a time as we said earlier there's not going to be a lot of auctions around probably none mm. so forget about worrying about auction even though you can read up my, my book if you've gone yeah, and bought get it. ready for those um, properties that might be coming on the market in late january ready for auction the, campaigns 
there's also some pre yeah because pre auction offers uh, may come into play. Mm. But you, this is a time to hone your negotiation skills, ready for those private treaty deals, and understanding how to get a deal across the line as well. Um, a lot of people rely on the agent to sort of tell them how to do it. And look, the agent will tell you the process and you do have to sort of understand that. But we have a lot of information for you to give you sort of a confidence to to negotiate with, with confidence or get a better mm. outcome anyway in your first home buyer guide. But um, We call it having know, a toolkit, Veronica, because no negotiation can be pre-planned. You can have a strategy, but depending on how things go, you need to be able to adjust. You need to be able mm. to say, all right, well, I've learned a bit more about the seller situation now, therefore this this tactic might actually work in my favour, but that tactic, that ain't going to work because that's not going to give them any motivation whatsoever to, to to come to an agreement here. So having a toolkit of different strategies, different tactics, and then and learning when to use those, what mm. situation to apply them to, you know, that, that toolkit is invaluable during the negotiation phase. Absolutely. And very, very important, negotiating when you're ready. So knowing when you're ready to start yeah. the process as opposed to doing it too early, which a lot of people make that huge mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Then we get or to being afraid 10. to move forward with it. Like, oh, yeah. Or know, do don't do be nothing. afraid of the negotiation. <laughs> and if this is, I mean, this is one area that if you only have a very, you know, if you're a bit tight on money, but you do want some professional input, you can employ a buyer's agent to just do this part of the process for you. And it is a really, really good investment if negotiating is not your thing. Because remember, the agent is a professional. They're doing this all the time. Mm. They they have a massive toolkit that they're going to pull out and, and use during the negotiation um, with you. So this might be an opportunity to say to a professional buyer's agent, I actually just need help with this part of the process. And, and you'll find that that's probably an affordable way to get mm -hmm. an expert on your side during that part of the process. Absolutely. And then we get to, to step 10. Excited the settlement. That's after you've had your offer accepted, after you've you've you know got committed, and after you've been through this, yes, you've been through the whole settlement um, process, and then you've got to make sure you've got enough time to settle. Yeah. You're going to need a little bit longer generally because of this. You know, as we said earlier, the solicitors and banks are skeleton staff. Solicitors mm. are closed. Um, so you Don't need make a little the bit mistake extra of time. thinking they're back on Monday. Therefore, I'll settle it on Monday. Like no. <laughs> <laughs> It's not the time to offer a 28-day settlement. Maybe yeah. a little bit longer than that. <laughs> yeah, look, there. You know, often, as we've said, you know, people are away. You just need to take that into account. You can't change it. Just deal with it and 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 roll it into your process. But for uh, uh, forearmed is forewarned, I think is the saying. Forewarned. forewarned. Yes, I think so. Forewarned is forearmed. Um, anyway, either way, uh, the, the idea being that if you know about this, you use it. And you can put yourself in a much better position, manage your risk much better mm. if you have all of this in mind before you go out there and 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 talk to agents about what might be coming up or what opportunities might be there. 100%. So this quiet time, you know, you might spend it swanning around the pool drinking pina coladas or you might spend it actually, you know, preparing yourself mm to meet these opportunities, which is really what luck is, right? Preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. And as long as you are really well prepared, you might get lucky, right? And find your new home sooner rather than later. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. 
In this episode, we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for first-time buyers. If you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake, then head over to our website, www.homebuyeracademy.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will help others find us as well. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff.